following program was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. When you need a private eye and times are tough, you may not have the resources to afford Barton Drake, Johnny Madero, Candy Madsen, or Sam Spade. So who can you turn to except... T-Bone Stone, the discount detective. Yes, T-Bone Stone gives you more value for your covert detection dollar. Today's exciting episode is called The Case of the Circumference League and stars Jake Vandebrake as T-Bone Stone, the discount detective. This episode is brought to you by Dilbert's Doggy Doodads. Dogs go dizzy over Dilbert's Doodads. We open the story at night with Martin Barton III and Russell Finley outside a spooky mansion at the outskirts of Crossroad City. Mr. Barton, I think it's a mistake coming out here at night. Seems ghouls and ghosts come out more at night. Mr. Fenley, I have known you for most of my life. You were caretaker of the Barton estate for my father and grandfather. I have never known you to be afraid, and certainly never heard of any ghost stories about this place. But Mr. Barton, you only spent a few months each summer here. The rest of the time you were at school. And please, call me Uncle Russ. That's what you used to call me. Yes, I know, Uncle Russ. But when Grandfather died, my father took the family and moved away. I appreciate you staying and keeping the place in such good condition. But son, why don't you come out here during the day? I've never seen scary creatures about when the sun is up. At night, there's all sorts of spooks and phantoms doing all kinds of unnatural things. I told you, Uncle Russ. I don't have any time. I'll have to find the will and other legal documents as soon as possible. I'll be all right. Nothing unnatural is going to get me. Are you coming? Yes, I'm coming. But if we bump into anything spooky, all you'll see of me is my backside heading for the door. I apologize now if I have to leave you here in the dark. I won't be left in the dark. We both have lanterns. Now come, let's go on in. Stay close, Uncle Russ. It's particularly dark in here. What was that? What? Over there, by the staircase. It's just a shadow from the window over there. But there ain't no window over there. What? Get out of here. Get out of here. Get out oh, of sweet here. Lord, save me. Kill the intruders. Ah! Show them no mercy. That's why I came to see you today, Mr. Stone. Just a few feet away stood the most terrifying creature I've ever seen. I could even smell its unearthly odor. It seemed to be ten feet tall, hovering over me. Its head was covered by some sort of strange shroud, and a putrefied finger pointed at me. I see. Where was Russell Finley? When I turned to flee, Uncle Russ was running out the door. I looked back and the creature had vanished. I ran to the door. Uncle Russ was halfway down the driveway, heading for who knows where. Maybe China, for all I know. What did you do next? I hopped in my car and hightailed it out of there. All right. So you encountered something frightening at the Barton Estate. 
Why is there such urgency that you have to go there at night? You see, Mr. Stone... Please, call me T-Bone. All right, you see, T-Bone. I must find my father's will. He moved back to the Barton estate just before he passed away. I know our family lawyer, Simon Sheffield, prepared a will and living trust. The documents have to be in the house. I see. But you don't see the whole picture. Since I'm his only living heir, I will naturally inherit the estate. Lock, stock, and ghost? Not funny, T-Bone. Sorry. (laughs) If there's a living trust, the transfer will avoid probate and the taxes will be small enough for me to afford. But... But if the process has to go through probate, the taxes and legal fees will be enormous. I'll have to sell the estate. Yes, I see. So you wish to keep the estate. So why can't you just use the copy as lawyer this Sheffield fellow must have? That's a big part of the problem, T-Bone. You see, Simon Sheffield's office had a mysterious fire, and all his files were destroyed. Ah, everything is coming into focus now, Mr. Barton. I'm T-Bone Stone, the discount detective, and I give you more value for your covert detection dollar. My rate is $25 a day plus expenses, and I provide receipts for my expenses. I accept, T-Bone. Verna, bring in a standard contract for Mr. Barton. Sure thing, T-Bone. I'll be right in. T-Bone Stone, The Discount Detective, is a very amateur broadcast theater production, written by Donald Spicer and directed by Doug Schaefer. We now return to the next act of The Case of the Circumference League. In our story, we find T-Bone Stone and his protege, Billy Biggs, in a car approaching the Barton Mansion. On our way to the Barton Estate, Billy and I stopped by the burned-out office of the Barton lawyer, Simon Sheffield. The lawyer was working to help clean up and told us the will had to be found. A lawyer's word that a will was written without the actual document wouldn't hold water. The drive to the Barton Estate was not as long as I had envisioned. Billy and I made some small talk, and it was late in the afternoon when I was driving down the Oakline Drive, approaching the Barton Mansion. These are some cool digs, T-Bone. It doesn't look spooky at all. Okay, gang. Let's split up and look for clues. Gang? It's just you and me, T-Bone. Yeah, yeah. You take the grounds and I'll check out the caretaker. When you're finished, we can check out the house. Okay, T-Bone. I'll be back as soon as I scope out the grounds. As Billy headed out, I turned and gazed at the Barton Mansion. It was a beautiful whitewashed building, four columns gracing the large front porch. Great ancient oak trees stood on both sides with smaller pecan trees scattered about. I could almost hear the strains of Dixie in the background as I walked toward the porch. You must be the detective Mr. Martin said would be out today. I'm T-Bone Stone, the discount detective. You must be the caretaker, Russell Fenley. Yes, sir, Mr. Stone. You can call me Uncle Russ. Welcome to Barton Mansion. It's nice to meet you, Uncle Russ. You can call me T-Bone. My associate Billy Biggs is roaming around somewhere looking for clues. I would like to ask you a few questions before Billy and I look around the house, if I might. Certainly, T-Bone. Come up on the porch and we can talk. 
We walked up the steps to the porch and sat in a couple of wooden rocking chairs around a low round table. I could almost smell the mint juleps as we began to speak. Martin Barton III tells me you've been working here for quite a while. That's right. My pa was caretaker here, and I was born here on the estate. So I've lived here all my life. First I helped my pa, then when he died, I took over as caretaker. I was hoping my daughter would marry, settle down, and maybe work here too. Hoping? Is she around? No. Gwen grew up here with Martin III. They were playmates until Martin turned 12 and was sent off to boarding school. Where is Gwen now? Little Gwenny wanted an education, so I used my retirement money to send her to college. It worked, too. Gwen got a degree in business, and now she works for a big real estate investment company in the city. Gwen was here earlier. She said she came to pick up some stuff from her old bedroom out back in the quarters I live in. But I think she left. So how long have these strange things been happening? Well, let's see. A little while after Martin Barton II died is when the ghosts or zombies or some kind of monsters started scaring folks around here. Mr. Barton III wanted to live here, but after the spooky sightings and a couple of small fires, he moved back to the city. Fires? They were small, and I was lucky enough to get them put out with only minor damage. Do you have any idea how the fires started? No, but both of them could have been pretty bad if I hadn't caught them in time. Bad? Like burn the house down bad? Yep. That's why I leave buckets of water around the house. Never can tell when there might be a fire. Fire? Has there been another fire, Dad? A handsome young woman walked up the steps and approached us. I didn't know you were still here, Gwen. This is T-Bone Stone. T-Bone, this is my daughter Gwen. Nice to meet you, Mr. Stone. Please, call me T-Bone. Mr. Barton hired T-Bone to solve the mystery of the ghosts or ghouls or zombies or whatever is infesting this place. Did Dad tell you about the ghost hunters who came out here to find proof of ghosts? I was just getting to that part, Gwen. You see, T-Bone, several times people have come out here to investigate the stories. As the legend grew, more and more people would arrive. Some just wanted to stay the night to see if they could survive. And how did that work out? There were some sightings, but never any proof of ghosts. Tell him the truth, Dad. Most people left without seeing a thing. No ghosts, no ghouls, no zombies, no monsters of any kind. What do you think, Gwen? Do you think anything unnatural is happening around here? Heck no, T-Bone. I think my dad should retire and move in with me in the city. And then they can tear this old place down. Tear it down? Isn't that a bit harsh? Not really. With all this talk about ghouls and ghosts, people will start to swarm this place and someone will be killed. And not killed by monsters, either. Did someone mention monsters, T-Bone? Billy Biggs was back from his exploration of the Barton Estate grounds. And trailing behind him was a scruffy-looking dog. Uncle Russ, Gwen, this is my protege, Billy Biggs. Billy, who is your new friend? It's a stray dog I found. I want to keep him. He's a scruffy little guy, and his fur looks like a cool hairdo. Hey, that's a good name for him. I'll call him Scruffy-Doo. Ruff, ruff. Before the show, our sponsor gave me this brand new bag of Dilbert's Doggy Doodads, and he likes them. 
I'm going to call them Scruffy Snacks. What you think, T-Bone? Good product placement, Billy. Ruff, ruff. T-Bone Stone, The Discount Detective, is a very amateur broadcast theater production, starring Jake Vandebreek as T-Bone Stone and Kirk Spicer as Billy Biggs. Tonight's sponsor, Dilbert's Doggy Doodads, is proud to introduce its newest doggy treat, Scruffy Snacks, the sophisticated snack for the canine connoisseur. We will now return to the next act of the case of the Circumference League. I had been talking with Russell Fenley and his daughter Gwen when Billy showed up with a scruffy-looking little dog. It's a stray dog I found. I want to keep him. He's a scruffy little guy, and his fur looks like a cool hairdo. Hey, that's a good name for him. I'll call him Scruffy-Doo. And he likes these treats I have with me. I'm going to call them Scruffy Snacks. What you think, T-Bone? Ruff, ruff. I don't know what to think, Billy. Are you sure that isn't Uncle Russ's dog living out here on the estate? I've seen that mud around for a week or so. He's not mine. Go ahead and keep them if you won't. It looks like you and me are going to be best pals, Scruffy-Doo. What you want to do, boy? Ruff, ruff. I think he wants some more of those snacks, Billy. Did you find any clues? Not much. The only thing I saw was a sign on the property next door. That property is apparently being developed for some sort of amusement park called Coolsville. The developer was a corporation called Crystal Cove Properties. Good job, Billy. It looks like the sun is going to be setting soon. We'd better go in and look around before the phantoms come out. Phantoms? Bah! You can't be serious. I've gotta go. So if you'll excuse me, I'll be on my way. It was nice to meet you, T-Bone. Billy? See you later, Dad. Take care, Gwen. Don't be a stranger, you hear? Goodbye! Nice to meet you, Gwen. Well, I'll let the two of you explore the house. I certainly hope you don't see anything unnatural. I'll be moseying back to my quarters now. I got a couple of flashlights here, so we'll have light when the night comes. I think we have put this off long enough. Let's go. Scruffy-Doo, you stay out here and guard the door. Good boy. Ruff, ruff. Let's get going, T-Bone. I took a deep breath and noticed the sun was just starting to touch the horizon in the west. Billy and I entered the mansion. It wasn't dark enough to need the flashlights, but we had them turned on anyway. Hey, T-Bone, what's with the buckets of water on the floor all around? Uncle Russ says there's been small fires and he leaves them around just in case. Fires? Do you think the ghosts are setting fires to scare the people away? Could be, Billy. Let's go upstairs first. I want to check out the library. I think that's where the old man's office was located. I'm right behind you, T-Bone. We slowly went up the stairs. Some of the stairs creaked, and the shadows on the walls added an extra bit of eeriness. I was not in any hurry. The top of the stairs led to a small landing with a hallway stretching out to the left and right. Which way do you want to go, T-Bone? Left or right? I don't know. The flashlights aren't powerful enough to see very far, and I don't see much either way. Let's go this way. We tiptoed along the hall to the right. Several doors on either side of the hall were closed, but I noticed the door to the right at the end of the hall was open, and an eerie red glow radiated from the open door. 
Billy and I stopped just short of the open door and looked at one another. I took a deep breath. Come on, Billy. Buck up now. Let's go. I'm right behind you, T-Bone. I peeked around the corner and shined the flashlight into the room. It was an office, and as we stepped into the room, I saw where the eerie glow was coming from. It was a huge, ugly, demonic figure holding a burning torch, hovering beside the desk. Get out of here! Get out of here! Billy, I see fire. Grab a bucket of water. Billy drills. Show them no mercy. We both picked up buckets of water and threw them at the torch. I looked around and found another full bucket and grabbed it. When I looked back where the monster had been, there was nothing. Billy, did you see that? Uh, Billy, are you there? Sorry, T-Bone, I'm out of here. I set down the bucket and looked out the door just in time to see Billy heading down the stairs. I shined the flashlight around the room again and ran to catch up with Billy. When I found him, he was outside a few feet off of the porch. He was holding Scruffy Doo. Billy, you're trembling like you just saw a ghost. What do you think that thing was? What was that thing? I don't know. But when I looked back in the room, it was gone. And the torch? Nothing. I walked over to console Billy and heard the sound of car driving away, but I didn't think much of it. I'm not going back in there, especially at night. That's okay, Billy. Why don't you take the car back to the city and get a good night's sleep? I'm going to stay here tonight. In the morning, find out what you can about this Coolsville and Crystal Cove properties. Then get back out here with Martin Barton as early as you can. Okay, T-Bone. Are you sure you'll be alright here all night? I mean, that monster was huge. It had big, sharp teeth and unnatural claws. Its eyes glowed red. And I bet you it lit the torch by breathing fire. Don't worry about me, Billy. There hasn't been a monster made that'll get the better of T-Bone Stone. Go on, Billy. I'll be okay. You sure, T-Bone? Don't you want to go back to the city with me? No, Billy. I gotta do what I gotta do. And you gotta do what you gotta do. So let's both do what we gotta do. Uh, I guess I gotta do that. I thought about asking Billy to bring some coffee and donuts when he came back in the morning. But before I knew it, he was halfway down the driveway. I went back in the house and looked around a while. There wasn't much to see, especially since it was so dark. I investigated the office where Billy and I encountered the specter, but I couldn't find any new clues. Pretty soon I was tired and I fell asleep on a sofa in the sitting room. Or was it the waiting room? Well, for me, it was the sleeping room. My weird dreams began almost immediately.
We now return for the exciting denouement of T-Bone Stone, the discount detective, in The Case of the Circumference League. Monsters? Good product placement, Billy. Don't forget the coffee. When I woke up from the bizarre dream the next morning, I didn't know where I was at first. After shaking the dream from my head, I remembered I was at the Barton Mansion. I went to the front door when I heard a call from outside. Hey, T-Bone, are you there? I'm right here, Billy. I'll be right out. I brought Martin Barton III with me like you wanted, and came as soon as I got some information from Verna. Come on! It sounds like it's coming from upstairs. I led the way upstairs into the office at the end of the hall, and when I looked in, there was the apparition from the day before with a burning torch. The others caught up, and we all pushed to the roof. Get him! Before he sets fire to the house! no ghost at all. It's just someone in a monster suit. Go on, T-Bone, pull off the mask and let's see who it is. It's Gwen Fenley. That's what I wanted to tell you, T-Bone. When I got up this morning, I phoned Verna to fill her in on what was going on, and she told me that she knew the receptionist at Crystal Cove Properties. I drove to your office, and when I got there, she had just gotten off the phone. She said her friend at Crystal Cove Properties named Daphne Blake knew one of the investigators who was working on the Coolsville project. Her name is Velma Dinkley, and when Velma found her glasses, she said one of the junior executives named Gwen Fenley was promised a large bonus and a promotion if she could land the Barton estate. They want to pave over it for a parking lot for Coolsville Amusement Park. Look over here, Martin. I noticed this painting on the wall is smaller than the previous painting that hung here. See how the wallpaper is faded? But the area a couple of inches around the frame is not faded. This painting has been put up to replace a larger one. Go ahead, Martin. Take the painting down. Why, it's an envelope taped to the back of the painting. Let me see. Yes, it's my father's will. You solved the case, T-Bone. But what about Gwen Fenley? I guess she's guilty of playing dress-up and attempted arson in a scheme to get a promotion. (sighs) Yeah, and I would have gotten away with it, too, if it wasn't for you pesky meddling detectives. Do you think Detective Crenshaw would be interested in the case now, T-Bone? Sure thing, Billy. By the way, I brought some coffee and donuts. Billy, I guess great minds think alike. You've been listening to T-Bone Stone, The Discount Detective, a very amateur broadcast theater production, starring Jake Vandebrake as T-Bone Stone and Kirk Spicer as Billy Biggs, with Gloriana Spicer as Verna Gibson. Additional cast members are Rick Ice as Martin Barton III, Ernie Wilson as Russell Finley, and Paula Morris as Gwen Finley. 
The Case of the Circumference League was written by Donald Spicer and directed by Doug Schaefer. Be sure to catch our next show when T-Bone Stone says... A design for a hyper-radiant Fresnel lens, the severed tongue of a large lizard, and an unwanted suggestion, spell espionage, in the case of the unusual side effect. This episode was brought to you by Dilbert's Doggy Doodads and the newly released Scruffy Snacks, available at all Poppy's Puppy Shops and Damien's Drugstores. The art director is George Venegas, and music is by Fezlian Studios. Polly Posey wants your Wi-Fi password. 